last thing I remember was looking up at that tree thinking how bad it would hurt if somebody woke up in it. The next thing I knew, I was waking up. The two halves of the tree had slammed together on me, caught my head from the side, my left arm was across my chest, and I was pinned to the ground. At some point, I finally came to and realized what had happened to me, and I also realized at this particular moment that I could not feel my legs. I was paralyzed from the waist down. everyone, welcome to the Single MomCast brought to you by Arise, and we are so excited you are with us today. Um, I'm Pam Keneally, and with me doing this podcast is Mel Hyatt. Hi, Mel. Hi, Pam. Are you as excited about this guest as I am? I'm over the moon. I am over the moon. So if you're listening, Mom, listen here. You're about to hear a miraculous, and I said miraculous story, what I consider a true hero. So let me just ask you before we get started, moms, have you ever thought, I cannot believe this happened to me? Then this podcast is for you. Or have you thought, how will I ever have a normal life again? Then this podcast is for you. Or maybe you've thought, can I push through the pain Listen, this podcast is for you, so stay tuned. You are just going to love this, and you will not leave the same way you came in after hearing this. So first of all, I want to introduce our special guest. This is Steve Lovelace from Oklahoma. Hi, Steve. Hi, Pam. I'm just so glad you're here today. I don't want to tell too much of his story except to tell you he is a true pioneer in sports, and you're going to hear all about his sports career and a very very interesting thing that happened to him as an athlete that changed his life and you are going to want to hear this so i tell you what let's just get right to our guest today mel so um steve can you tell us something about yourself well first i'd like to say thank you for that introduction that's very very heartfelt um i do appreciate it A little bit about me. I grew up in Tulsa, Oklahoma, uh, born in 1962, so I'm kind of an old bird, uh, raised by a single mother and my sister. Um, I had a pretty unremarkable uh, childhood. It was, I thought, pretty average, though uh, we struggled a little bit. Um, I currently live in uh, Edmond, Oklahoma. I've got two boys, uh, Jackson and Barron. And I've got a beautiful wife that's a teacher here in Edmond at Northern Hills uh, Elementary School. She's amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, from a hobby perspective, I uh, love to cycle. Uh, I'm getting back into triathlon for the first time in well over 30 years. Uh, and, you know, at the near age of 60, it's uh, quite a monumental task, but I'm taking it under the wing and doing the best that I can. So That is amazing. Well, let's just get into your story that is so amazing first of all steve you are truly a ray of sunshine like none other and uh i wish almost wish this was mel almost wish this was like a tv show so you could see him but i guess it's not so just believe me that um he's just a ray of sunshine over there don't you think yeah if it, we would need some more makeup on though if it were a tv <laughs> we would show have to fix it. we would certainly have to fix it but um 
Steve, you told me that you are the best authority of your story, and so no one can tell it like you. So I want you to tell your mom, our moms your story. Okay. Um, thank you for this opportunity. So 20 years old, or basically 19 actually at the time, um, living in Tulsa, I just finished my first year at the University of Oklahoma. Not a stellar first year by any stretch of the imagination. Um, had moved home for the summer and was uh, preparing to go to church one Sunday to see my grandparents in Wagner, Oklahoma. And we get a call, I'm sorry, <clears throat> that uh, my grandfather had passed. Mm. We, so this was going to be a good day, and it turned out to be just a horrific day. I moved back in with my grandmother, who at uh, certain points in my uh young life had raised me with my grandfather um, and uh, to help her take care of the farm. Uh, there was a lot of things that, that needed to be taken care of. Part of uh, what I was doing to make a little bit of extra money while I was there was cutting firewood. On November 30th, 1982, a friend and I named Scott Stofko went out to cut firewood. We came across a very large hackberry tree. Uh, it was maybe he and I could both barely stretch our arms around it. It was a huge tree. Started cutting on it, and the tree split in half. It's what they call a barber chair. It's not uncommon in lumberjack terms. My friend Scott was cutting on the tree, and if I can kind of give you a little bit of a visual, the branches are up top. The tree split, and it formed a T. And so he was cutting on the bottom part that was still attached to the base and, and to the trunk. The last thing I remember was looking up at that tree thinking how bad it would hurt if somebody woke up in it. The next thing I knew, I was waking up. The two halves of the tree had slammed together on me, caught my head from the side, my left arm was across my chest, and I was pinned to the ground. At some point, I finally came to and realized what had happened to me, and I also realized at this particular moment that I could not feel my legs. I was paralyzed from the waist down. Um, total injuries as this happened was I had fractured my frontal bone, fractured my mandible, split the roof of my mouth open, um, crushed my left wrist, bruised my heart, and crushed three vertebrae, uh, L3 through S1, uh, in my lower back. Um, my friend Scott started to cut the tree uh, saw got stuck, ended up having to go for help. The truck flooded, had to run three, roughly three miles to get help. We're in the middle of a wheat field in the middle of Wagner County. Um, took roughly two hours before they could cut me out of the tree and get me loaded into an ambulance before they got me to the hospital. Once in the hospital, I was basically given the diagnosis that I may not live through the night, uh, that I was likely going to be paralyzed for the rest of my life. But at that moment, I said that I was going to walk out of the hospital. I told them that. And I told my mom when she got there after having to drive from Lubbock to Tulsa, Oklahoma, that that was going to be her Christmas gift, was that I was going to walk mm -hmm. again. And so after three and a half months in the hospital and another three or so months in a rehabilitation center, um, three and a half months in the hospital, I did manage to walk out. It was barely a few steps. It was with crutches, but it was under nobody's help. Uh, I did it myself, and I've got a picture of that that is 
probably one of the proudest moments uh, because it was my faith in God and it was my faith in myself and just belief that this was not going to keep me down. It was not going to get me down. I was not going to say, why me? Okay. So next couple of years were relatively unremarkable. It was a lot of pills. It was a lot of rehabilitation on my own. And uh, one November, maybe October, November 1985, I was watching TV and I saw the Hawaiian Ironman triathlon. And one part of this just spoke to me. It was Julie Moss crawling across the finish line. It was one of the most iconic things in sports. And I had recently been uh, running uh, just to kind of get back into athletics. Um, I saw this and I thought, I'd been looking for a challenge, a way to push myself in a way that I could convince myself that I had returned and that my health was back. So I said, I'm going to do a triathlon. And triathlon was in its infancy in this time. There, it had started around 1979, and it started to gain a little bit of uh, steam in the early 80s. But in 1985, there were very few to be found in Oklahoma. But I did find one in a magazine in Ponca City. It was a quarter Ironman, what they now call an Olympic distance. And I set out training. I bought a secondhand bike from the pawn shop. I started riding the very next day. Uh, six months later, the triathlon rolled around. And I was really pretty nervous because I was afraid that if anybody knew my story, knew that I'd had this spinal cord injury, that they may not let me compete. So I went under the radar and I did not tell anybody, not even the guy that drove to the triathlon with me. So I get there, getting ready to tow the line. Uh, the night before, it had rained like a monsoon rain. So we ended up having to move out of the tent and sleep in a Volkswagen bug. Little sleep happened. Um, get up the next morning, start the triathlon, make it through the swim. It was uh, a bit of a struggle. The lake water was very cold. There were no wetsuits back then, and not for triathletes anyway. Um, hop on my secondhand bike, make it through my 25-mile bike. It was the first time I'd ridden 25 miles through my training, so that was a big one. And then I make it to the run. And I don't know if you've ever experienced coming off a bike and trying to run, but your legs want to do circles, you know. Mm -hmm. Mm. And I'm sitting here trying to, to run, but I make it uh, to nearly the entire distance, and I have to take a, a bio break in the woods and when I step out, I see the sweep vehicle. I'm now the last person to finish this race. So as I ran the corner to the finish line, the announcer was handing out the awards and he stopped the crowd and he said, let's give the last athlete a round of applause. And the entire group turned around, gave me the loudest round of applause I've ever had. Felt good, did Oh my it? gosh, it was <laughs> just amazing. Yeah, yes, yeah. So I make it across the finish line and I don't think much about it. It was just something that I had set out to do. I went from point A to point B. I closed the loop. It wasn't until um, years later, which actually COVID is when I started doing the uh, uh, research about who was the first uh, para-athlete, uh, para-triathlete. And what I came to discover was that I was amongst maybe one of the first five or six uh, in the world that had done a complete triathlon at that particular point in time. Uh, there was no such thing as para-athletes, and, you know, there were maybe a couple of amputees that were getting a lot of recognition. But before social media, 
you know, you just did not have that big exposure. Um, so then I realized uh, that, you know, I had helped pioneer the sport of uh, paratriathlon, uh, which, you know, I wasn't looking for recognition back then. I'm, I'm the only reason I'm bringing myself out to tell my story now is to inspire others that uh, right. can actually do the same that thing. That is amazing. You know, I, I want to backtrack a minute, moms, because he's been very humble about this, but I want to backtrack to just a second because I had remember you saying that um, the reason I'm saying this, moms, is because his, his, him pressing on, uh, is inspirational to me and um it wasn't just in the hospital for three months and he was you know from the waist down but um it was reported that um let me find it right here you had said at one point that your face had to be reconstructed is that right had to be it said the surgeons had to use your high school senior picture portrait as a template and putting my face back together and so so this is this is truly a miracle and you know here you are today you walked in and everything and before we move to the rest of your story I, i'm just going to ask you a present question do you still feel pain i do yes um 2014 i was diagnosed with a, a disease called arachnoiditis mm -hmm. which is chronic inflammation of the arachnoid tissue that surrounds the spinal cord when it swells it cuts off the blood supply into the spinal cord the nerves end up losing their uh, ability to survive. And so I'm slowly being paralyzed from the waist down. It's known as one of the most painful diseases that there is, mm -hmm. um, you know, not to uh, downplay cancer at all, but uh, there's a release of pain upon death with cancer, mm -hmm. sad to say. Right. Uh, with us, we just suffer. Um, most people with this disease take just massive amounts of medication. I was there at one point in time but uh, now I use exercise uh, for my pain. I take nothing, uh, no painkillers. I am anti-painkiller. Trust me, they're mm -hmm. horrible. Mm -hmm. <laughs> well, you know, you had said um, that you had pushed through your pain every day, and moms, maybe you're in a very, very, very painful situation. Uh, Steve, can you tell us just real quick, how do you push through that pain every day and I know you have a relationship with Christ. Can you just tell that? Can you tell these moms how do you do that? I mean, how how do you push through this for years and years and years and years? Can you give them some some insight on that? You know, when I, I feel myself at my lowest, I look for something uh, more difficult to do, even with the pain. Um, sometimes it's hard to just walk across the floor, uh, but I find a reason that. Uh, uh, just, uh, uh, sorry, <laughs> I find that uh, a distraction helps the best, mm -hmm. whether it be a book, um, I say my silent prayers. I mean, I prayed enough to, you know, God to relieve me of the pain, but mm -hmm. I always find something else to do uh, to distract myself. And my bike uh, tends to be kind of a, a fortress of solitude for me. Sure. That is so wonderful. That's so great. Steve, I want to ask you, and this might bring up some feelings mm -hmm. anytime we talk about this subject, I want to talk about your mama. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You had said that she was out of town when you had your accident, and she had to drive really far. And before we started recording, we talked about how that must have been the worst drive in the history of all drives. 
Your mom was a single mom, correct? Yes. Tell us about your mom and, you know, being raised by a single mom. Our audience is listening right now and relating to you as far as pain is concerned, but I think it's really important for them to know that this courageous young man was raised by a single mom. Yeah, my mom is... uh She's pretty great, though sometimes she can, you know, be a mom. Um, <laughs> she cares too much. She does. I mean, she's uh, she's a wonderful lady. Um, you know, I credit the person that I am. I wouldn't be the same person that I am without her. Uh, my moral compass, uh, knowing right from wrong, my ability to love without uh, condition, uh, all came from her. She gave me a lot of strength, and, you know, I have to remind people that she was raising two kids in the 60s and 70s before women had rights Uh, that's a very big thing and she did it with a high school education on a secretary's income so there were many nights when we would have uh, breakfast for dinner and we thought it was a treat but the reality was we only had eggs and bacon and bread in the cabinets Uh, we were you know to say we were poor would (laughs) <laughs> Sometimes that doesn't put the, the right light on it. But, uh, yeah, we struggled. But she always found a way to make things work. Um, we took trips that we never thought we would take. I went to Disneyland uh, as a kid. And, you know, I can't say that my mom was not scraping pennies together to make that happen. But, uh, you know, there, and there was always an expression of love in our house. We had this thing where we would point to ourselves we would make a heart with our fingers and we would point to the other person uh, when we were far from distance to let them know that we loved one another. That is beautiful. You know, I can't help but think of the verse um, uh, in Jeremiah that says, I am the Lord, the God of all mankind. Is anything too difficult for me? And I would have to say, looking at that accident you had, that is too difficult for God to, to pull you through that and the pain you suffer today, that to me, that is too difficult. But even God, God has done that for you. Is that right? He has. And, you know, I, I know that I understate this, but it's my true belief that what happened to me and my recovery was a miracle. And I don't say that lightly because if you saw the tree Mm. and you saw that it hit me and the fact that it didn't push my spine from the front to the back, it just crushed the vertebrae, but left the spinal cord most, mostly intact. I mean, it's, and then to regain the ability to walk and then run and then do everything that I did. I did everything anti-doctor. They told me not to ski. They told me not to do all these miraculous things that I did because it was a glorification of the miracle that had happened to me, in all honesty. Mm, you know, I think that persistence is important and pushing through and of course perspiration was for you because you're an athlete but that's an unbeatable combination but you add God's power and God's will moms into your life and God's plan for you and where he's taking you not where you have been but where you are going and it is a powerful powerful piece to your story and I imagine Steve laying in that hospital for three months uh, you probably never even envisioned that God would do exceedingly and abundantly beyond that moment. Am I right in saying that? You know, I, I never had my doubts that uh, 
there was a purpose to everything that I was going through. And you can't not believe that your suffering is, is for naught. I mean, it's, what is it, uh, Romans 8, 18 that says um, the suffering that we experience today is nothing compared to the glory that has yet to be revealed in ourselves. Mm-hmm. That is uh, one of the verses that kind of propelled me through all this and, and lets me know that there's a purpose for this. And I, I truly believe that God led me to this point in my life to be able to tell my story. Uh, because there's much more before the story and there's much more after the story that has yet to be told. It's just this is the central theme that, uh, you know, got me to where I am now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, moms, be encouraged. Moms, take heart. Like I said at the entrance of this podcast, I said, um, maybe how will I ever have a normal life again? You will. Or, I can't believe this happened to me. Well, God knows. Or, can I push through the pain? Steve is showing us that, yes, through God's power and God's strength and God's will, you can do all things, all things through Christ who strengthens you. You can do all things. Steve, you can get through a tree accident where you're basically cut in half and your face is marred, and you can do that through Christ's strength. I, I've never heard such a story. Thank you. That's to God be all the glory. That it was just amazing. the life God gave me to live. Oh, my know? goodness. Well, we just are so honored to have to be hearing this story, and God does get all the glory. But, you know, I heard you say one time that if you could do it all over again, you wouldn't change a thing. I mean, how can you say that? <laughs> <laughs> People have asked me that. Um, you know, I the way I look at it is it led me to this point in time in my life. My kids, if it changed my kids, if it changed the people that I've met, the people that have influenced me and the people that I've influenced, I would not change one iota. The suffering, the pain, it's all been worth it. Um, if I can change one person's life with my story and they can change another person and on and on, that's really, uh, that's what the suffering's about mm-hmm. for me. Well, I... And I appreciate that. I want to ask Mel a question, just a kind of an unscripted question. It has to do with, uh, you know, you've been through a divorce. I've been through a divorce and the pain of that. And I've seen what God's done. Mel, if you had it to do all over again, uh, you know, he says he would do it all over again for what God has given him now. What are your thoughts about that concerning your story? Pam, I didn't give you permission to ask (laughs) me that question. (laughs) Man, you know, that's such a hard question to answer because hindsight is twenty twenty, right? In that moment when you were laying there, there's no way you would have said, I'm assuming, you know? Yeah. You're not thinking, oh, I bet years from now I'm going to be in a podcast studio telling this story. And I'm so thankful for, like, process, You know, I'm so thankful that I get to look back at what I went through and to be able to say, I'm, I'm so glad I went through that because who I am today, I would not be this person without that pain. And my boys became young men that they would not be. So I I am thankful what the Lord allowed me to go through. Um, But if you're not, I'm, I'm saying this to say, if you're listening and you're not there, um, your time is coming. Yes. And it just means that you're still a part of that process and a part of the healing and the journey. And there are days that I would not answer this way, yes. especially probably when I'm not in the podcast studio. Yes. I might answer a little different. 
but I really am who I am is because of what I went through. So how do you look back and say, no, I would not go through that again, mm-hmm. because then you wouldn't be who you are. Mm-hmm. And, and, and God is as a creator, he didn't just create us and then check out like he's constantly creating. So in my mind, when I go through this pain, him as this great creator is like molding me into this new person mm-hmm. and this new uh, position and all of these things. So I am so grateful, um, but I'm so thankful for the process. Yes. And you know what? I'm sorry I caught you off guard. You should have seen her her look like, oh, I didn't know <laughs> you could That's a big question. <laughs> yeah. But you know what? The point is that's where you are, is that you um, may not know that there's more ahead of you than behind you. You don't know that yet. You're still stuck in the in the process. So I just wanted that to be an encouragement to you, and that's why I asked because I knew Mel would nail it right here. In well, this before podcast. we move on, Pam, I wanted to ask you about your deepest, darkest secret. I know. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> we won't go there. Okay, we lose all I our listeners. I perked up. I knew. I perked up. I, she's going to ask me something. <laughs> well, let's. I want to talk about just that idea of you know, our creator. I, I, if I did not have a relationship with Christ, I don't think I could answer the same way. I wouldn't say, yeah, I'll go through that again. Mm -hmm. But Steve, for you, you had brought up that verse in Romans that you really clung to that. Mm -hmm. I'm wondering how has your relationship with Jesus empowered you through that suffering and through the pain? And even today, um, how has that affected your journey? You know, um, I people that ask, I and I t- say this to my wife all the time that my faith is strong. Um, I may not be able to make it to church because I'm in pain and I can't get out of the bed one day, but um, my faith never wavers. And I know that uh, again, there's a purpose for everything, and you know, all things through Christ who strengthens me. Philippians uh, four thirteen, I believe it is that. If you look at that, you can get through anything knowing that he's got your back. And he had my back along the way. There may have been footprints in the sand that he was leaving while he was carrying me through this journey. But eventually, you know, he knew that I was going to be strong enough and he could put me down that I would, you know, take charge. And um, without it, I just, I don't see a purpose. In in, in all honesty, it just... uh, you would then I would say why me yes yes yeah well let me ask you we know your past and know what you're doing now but what do you hope to do now what 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 are your goals as you're moving forward what are you working on now so now um this year I have the the huge honor of being an ambassador for USA Triathlon Foundation and I'm one of five uh challenged athletes uh, out of 90 that are ambassadors for the foundation. So I'm trying to raise awareness uh, for individuals that may not think that they can go out and do a triathlon. Um, I'm challenging them to do that, and I'm helping raise money uh, so that they can get the gear and the equipment to do it because it's very expensive to be a challenged athlete. Hand cycles cost a lot. Um, racing wheelchairs costs a lot versus a pair of tennis shoes. Mm. Uh, we're talking thousands of dollars. So I think that is an impediment to a lot of people getting into the sport. But the big thing is most people look at a triathlon at the get-go and they think that's way too much for me to do. 
but I found that if you put a series of small booths together, you can make great things happen. So you don't have to train for all three sports. And I just, I want people to realize how much doing something that big can do for their um, self-assurance and um, just the rest of their life. Because when I did it, uh, my grades changed, my work ethic changed, my belief system changed. I mean, it, it brought about so much of an internal change. So if I can get people on board that don't think they can do something like this, I think they can go out and change the world. I do love that. That's amazing. Pam? Uh-oh, it's my turn. <laughs> <laughs> what goes around comes around. I should know no, that. No, I, you know, I'm thinking right now, um, I can't stop thinking about that drive that your mom is, ha your mom was having. Oh, I yeah. almost get like emotional and she didn't have a cell phone, you know, can you imagine that? So Pam, I'm, I was thinking about, we're all, when we hear stories, we all imagine ourselves in that story but as moms we're also imagining our children so what would you say to the mom who she isn't relating to steve but her kids might be like her kids are in the middle of a, a trad like i don't even know what to call that not a tragedy but like, like a tree if you will a tree has fallen mm -hmm. not on the mom but on their child like what would you say to that mom that is walking through something like this mm -hmm. with her child? Well, first of all, it's always painful as moms when we see our children hurting and we feel so helpless to fix it. Often we can't change it, we can't reverse it, and we just have to deal with it. And that's, that's part of the problem because we feel so helpless. If we could fix it, we would. But in situations where we can't fix it, we cannot fix it, change it, or reverse it. Moms, this is when, this is when your best friend becomes the Lord God, and you press into Him, and you, you, you release your kids to Him. You stay in God's Word. You let the Lord God comfort you, and He shows you how to love them unconditionally. He shows them what to set. He shows you what to do. He shows you how to be an influence in their life that they need during that time that they're stuck with the tree, and you just continue to, when it's appropriate, share God's love with them and walk alongside them, because I believe through the process they'll come through that. Good so, job. Yeah. That was a great answer, Pam. Yeah, well, you know what? Um, <laughs> so uh, is there anything else that you would like to say to our single moms? Um, absolutely. I think in today's world, people can get wrapped up with giving their kids the newest iPhone, the shiniest this and the biggest that. But really, you know, I was raised without any of that stuff. And I think I came out all right. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's a lot of people that might agree, some wouldn't. Mm -hmm. um, but I think, you know, giving your kids love, letting them know that they're loved, mm -hmm. giving them the moral compass, giving them the value system that's going to make their uh, adult transition that much easier uh, when there's so many things that can pull them astray, you know, in today's society. Um, just focus on that. And, you know, my wife has, has done that, and I've tried to do my best for uh, our son Jackson and, and Barron. Um, but just, and, and I would also say, in addition, challenge yourself today. Find something that uh, you can challenge yourself with, whether it's walking around the block that you have not done, something that seems monumental because you will build yourself up. And when you're out there 
you know, talk to your Lord and Savior. I mean, he's the guy that will listen at any point in time, and I think uh, those are some of the best times that uh, you can have those conversations. I have them on the bike all the time. Mm, I bet you do. Mm. I bet you do. Well, moms, first of all, uh, Steve, thank you for sharing your heart, your wisdom, your story, uh, your your you know everything that you wanted to say to single moms. Thank you for being here today. We are we are so grateful. And in closing, I just want to say that. I feel, because I have visited with Steve before today, and by the way, I wanted to say how we initially connected. Both of our stories were in a magazine, a local magazine, this last month. And he read my story, and I read his story, and he contacted me because he was raised by a single mom because my story was about our 20th anniversary. And um, so this is how we connected. I just think it was a God thing. can I add to that? Yes, please. So um, you've got your Thrive Conference that's actually coming up. Mm-hmm. Here's the connection where I see God put us together. I reached out to a company called Thrive Orthopedics um, less than a year ago. I'm now a brand ambassador for them, and Thrive Orthopedics makes my AFOs. How about that? Ankle foot orthotics. And um, we started a, uh, a team called Team Go Thrive. So the, the Thrive connection is just way too big not to, to put out there. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. you know, I think... God put all these things in my path, and it, it just finally started to dawn on me that this is where I'm su- supposed to be. Yeah, that is, I didn't know that. That's yeah. just, that's a cherry <laughs> on top today. Thank you for sharing that. Thank you. Well, you know what, today, I just, I want to say from my heart that Steve Lovelace is what I called, call really one of God, one of God's empowered heroes. And I looked up the word hero, and it means A hero is an ordinary individual who finds the strength to persevere and endure in spite of overwhelming obstacles and becomes God's witness who wants to make God look great. And I think of Steve and the tragedy, and when I first read it, I just, Steve, I I just thought about it for days, and you make God look great, and I know that's you don't mean to, but you just do. And moms, you can make God look great. You can make God look great in your tragedy, in your loss, in your heartache, in your frustrations. You can make him in your inadequacies. You can do it too. Um, we don't make ourselves look great, but the spirit through God can do that through us. And so, you know, I call Steve a modern day, you know, God empowered hero. I think if I could give him a life, uh, Verse, I picked this out for Steve, Exodus 15. I think Steve would say, the Lord is my strength and my song. He has given me victory. This is my God, and I praise him, my Father's God, and I will exalt in him. And I think that would be a great testimonial verse for you. So, Steve, let me ask you three questions. Uh, As we leave, I looked up some fun quotes on perseverance, and I want to read them and ask you if you would say this to our single moms today. Would you say perseverance is not a long race, but it is many short races, one after another? Oh, 100%. Okay. Steve, would you say success is not final and failure is not fatal it is the courage to continue that counts absolutely 
Yes. Steve, would you say it is always too soon to quit? The only guarantee for failure is for you to stop trying. Would you say that? I would say that. In fact, we say in our house, we don't say I can't, we say I'll try. I love that. I love that. And mom, today, in closing, maybe you're saying, um, you, I can't. But will you just say, I'll try? I think when God sees our hearts saying, I'll try, He goes, that's all I need. I'll do the rest. So would you try today? Would you open your heart and just try today? And as always, we thank you for joining us. We always invite you to uh, take advantage of our resources that we want to come along your side. Thank you for joining us today. And I think all of us can say on behalf of what God did through Steve Lovelace and what he wants to do in you, we can all say to God be all the glory. Amen. Thank you.